millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. We are in the studio this week with Joe Handley. Joe is the president and CEO of A3. Joe, welcome back. Great to be with you, Todd. It's always awesome to be here in studio and to be with VOM and my friends here. Well, it is great to have you. And uh, first, I think we need to start with a little explanation, because last time you were here, you were the president and CEO of Asian Access. Yes. Now you're the president and CEO of A3, uh, but you haven't really changed jobs. So so you better explain that. <laughs> great question, Todd. Thank you. Yeah, we were in the midst of a growth phase and about uh, three years ago, I got a call from a fellow that works heavily in the Middle East and North Africa. And he said, Joe, have you ever heard of the last mile? And I said, no, I hadn't heard of that. And he explained it. It's a business term where when you're laying the power grid of a city, it's really easy to lay the lines in the highways and the streets, but very hard to get it to every socket, light switch, yeah. every light. And he says, they call that the last mile. We have reached the last mile, he said, for the gospel in the Middle East and North Africa. Lots of people come into Christ through the internet, through satellite TV, but very little tangible evidence of flourishing fellowships coming out of this. And he goes, I hear that Asian access is really good at this, Joe. <laughs> you develop leaders who reproduce disciples, who make churches that are sustainable and flourishing Will you join us in the last mile? So we joined the last mile campaign, which means, uh, hello, we're working outside of Asia now. Right. <laughs> and so he introduced us to a fellow that was from Algeria and was working out of France and into North Africa. And so now Asian Access is working outside the continent of Asia, and we had to change our name, YA3. Well, we used to be known as A2. Because of Asian Access's two A's, we couldn't be AA for obvious reasons. Right. <laughs> we were A number two, and we were known as A2 for a long time. So it was just easy to say, you know what? We're moving from A2, and this is our third era of ministry, to A3. Era one was Japan. Era two was Asia. Era three is beyond. That's great. So that's why we're A3 today. So it's not the, the third A is not for Africa. No, no, not no. Not necessarily. Yeah. Not okay. necessarily, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that, that I know that has happened in the last couple of years is VOM has partnered with you. Yes. And I'm especially interested. I want to hear more about the, the curriculum to help get people ready for persecution. This is Something that is fascinating to me when I have a chance to interview persecuted Christians, one of the questions I always ask is, how did you get ready? How did you prepare yourself to go to jail and be faithful or to be beaten and be mm. faithful? Yep. Talk a little bit about this curriculum, how VOM was involved, but also how it's being used yep. to help people get ready. So great question, Todd. Uh, VOM Canada has some material 
and so do many other groups. You know, whether it's Open Doors or Alliance for Defending Freedom, they they all have their stuff. And my colleague from Bangladesh approached me several years ago, and he said, "Joe, I love all of them. I love all of them. I love VOM. I, you know, I love all of them." But I wish there was an ecosystem where we could get it all in one integrated piece. And he goes, I love the way Asian Access at that time, now A3, integrates things into a cohesive system. And if we could take pieces from everyone and integrate it, it would be powerful. So guess what I did? I flew to Bartlesville, Cal- <laughs> Oklahoma, and asked if we could begin using stuff from VOM, and by all means, yeah. right? And so we put all that stuff together, uh, kind of in- integrated it into our A3 philosophy of approach, and started rolling it out as a pilot project. And as soon as VOM heard about it, they said, we want to help out. And so your team, Matthew and Josh, uh, flew literally to our second pilot project and were a part of the the unveiling of this program. So we did one in India, this one just recently in Bangladesh, which your team's a part of, and then we're rolling it out soon in Indonesia. As soon as those three cohorts are done, we plan to roll it out throughout the entirety of our ministry wherever the church is pressured and have an added value. We're now a part of the Religious Liberty Partnership because of this. So we'll be unveiling this package Uh to them and offering it open source to everybody. So VOM is really literally blessing the world because of your partnership with this curriculum. And and, uh, the responses have been off the charts. People love it. Yes. That's that's the great thing to hear. So what are some of the things, because again, this is something that fascinates me, what are some of the things that you want the students going through this to really grab a hold of? If if I'm going to be ready for persecution when it comes, yeah. what are the things I need to focus on? So the, the number one issue really has to do with your kind of walk with God. Are you ready to face that kind of uh, pressure? Are you ready for that kind of persecution? What kind of resilience do you have? And so we talked through a lot of the spiritual dynamics that we literally took from VOM's materials. And uh, in that case, it was a little bit philosophical. Mm -hmm. So we made it a tad more tangible for the real person on the ground. And uh, that kind of spiritual rootedness really helps carry you. That's just one piece. Uh, piece number two is the uh, soul care piece. So when you're facing that, how do you not just go from being prepared, but what's going to carry you through that season? The, kind of the, the uh, spiritual formation side. So you take the, the piece of um, rootedness, of spiritual depth, but carry it through so that it really does walk you through the process when you're in the midst of the pain, when you're in the midst of the crisis. How is your soul in the middle of that? And then another added piece is what do you do legally when you face these kind of dynamics? And so we got some legal counsel and advice on what are ways contextually you would do this if you were in jail or if one of your pastors is in jail. 
How do you go to bat for them? Not in a political sense, just in a terms of what are the key tools you need to know to be able to deal with that, either to get yourself out of jail or to get your friend out of jail or to carry through in the season in which you are in prison. Right. Um, and, and we literally have people that have faced that kind oh, of yeah. circumstance. And, and that that piece would be different from country to country to country. Exactly. Because you've got a different context, different laws. Some places it's the government who locked you in jail. Some places it's the government yes. who will say, no, you can't put that person in jail. Right. And it's All those kind of dynamics are integrated into this, and they love it. I'm sure. It's been a phenomenal resource, and it, it's really a first of its kind. How uh, how long is the process? Like, like at, uh, we typically go from a Tuesday through a Friday. Okay. So Tuesday lunch through Friday lunch is our typical cohorts. So we've adapted it to those cohorts. So now it's a one week long intensive, essentially Tuesday through Friday, that we do. Now that said, when we share it with other groups like those involved in religious liberty or even VOM partners. They may adapt it for their context. Right. Some will scrunch it down to 24 hours. We don't recommend that, <laughs> but hey, you could do that. Uh, others will probably pace it out and make it right. into a, a like four-month course or yeah. something, you know. But we found our ideal ecosystem is that four-day format yep. where they can go deep together. We spin them off into small groups so they can discuss how does this work in your city or your context. Uh, spend them off into one-on-one -on -one prayer times where they're just praying for each other. Um, sometimes even a silent retreat. Just go out and what is God telling you? Uh -huh. And then come back and share with the group. Then from that, they go from that four days to accountability between sessions. That really is where the yeah. rubber meets the road. And that's one of the things I love from talking to you the last time was the the connection because now I have brothers and sisters who I have spent these four days really diving deep with. Yep. And I can text somebody and say, hey, yes, <laughs> I, I have a question or, hey, I need you to pray right now. Please help. The, yep. the police are coming down the road and I, and I need you to pray right now. Right. That sense of fellowship and that sense of brotherhood that grows out of mm. uh, those cohorts. I'm excited to hear five years from now what God has done with this. Me too. Because <laughs> it is personally fascinating to me. Yeah. And I'm so excited to have brothers and sisters in China mm. and the Middle East yes. and North Africa and other places who have this training. Because the other thing I know that happens, and you know this too, is they go back to their churches and it filters down and yes. it filters down and then it filters into the next church. And so I'm excited to hear the stories that will come yeah. later about how God is doing this. And I love that VOM got to be a part of this. I and, love... And on that regard, uh, on behalf of A3, I want to say thank you to all our friends out there with VOM. Uh, you guys have been a huge help in this, and we are deeply, deeply grateful. Well, uh, thank you for saying that. I That makes me excited. I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's being useful. And uh, VOM's always been open-handed, and, and hey, if, if we have information, if we have things that can help, we want to make them available as widely as possible. Joe, let's, let's talk about China, because I know mm -hmm. from your Asian access background, <laughs> you have friends in China, you have coworkers in China. Yep. China's changing, yes. uh, or, or is has changed. Certainly in the last 10 years, it has changed. Yep. What are you hearing from brothers and sisters there about what it looks like to follow Jesus 
uh, under Xi Jinping in 2024 mm. in China? Uh, it's an interesting question and in difficult days. Um, so please pray. Uh, you know, China has gone through several eras. So you had an era of incredible, intense persecution. And then you had an era of openness. And the work of A3 really blossomed during the era of openness. And even then, you know, there was a, this kind of different regional pressures that were going on, and you never knew what was going to happen. You had some churches facing massive persecution. You had others that were like mega churches, Right. Building malls. huge buildings. Right. And, and, it was yeah. remarkable. So we're in an era now where it's one of those challenge eras. And not long ago, I was with a colleague of mine uh, from China who was sharing in an open setting situation. And one of the leaders of a global organization said, how can we be advocating for you? Is there something we can do to go back to our governments to, you know, uh, lobby your government? And what, what is it that we can do for you? And my colleague, I was so proud of him. He stood up and he said, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're thinking, don't do that. <laughs> he said, we, of course, need your prayers. Please pray for us. We are under pressure. But he said, honestly, we're used to this. This is normal game for us. This, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have these kind of freedoms. Now we're back under that game. And we've now gone from being megachurch pastors to being missions pastors. We are now moving from the large malls where we gather to house fellowships and coffee shop church and all these different things. And he goes, we're good at this. We know how to handle it. He goes, <laughs> if, got if, a playbook if, for if, this. If, he <laughs> says, if you want to pray for us, pray for the younger generation that didn't face mm -hmm. this. They're not used to it. Mm -hmm. It's a whole new world for them. We could use your prayers as we're telling them the stories of what it was like before and, and how we're pivoting now. Uh, one illustration of how they pivoted, I think you'll enjoy this story. One of our alums was um, the leader of one of the largest churches in the country. And of course, you know, during this era, it was closed down. Right. You know? <laughs> they, they became a little public, a little too public. And so the government said no more. So their pivot was this. They decided, the senior pastor said, hey, for a church in the coming months, we're just going to meet at the Central Park. And I want you all to come with your workout clothes, and I want you to wear earbuds and dial the frequency to, you know, whatever station it was. And then he came with a microphone. And so they're all working out across this huge park. Everyone's working out. No one has any clue that they're not listening to some, you know, latest whatever pop music star or something. And he's preaching while he's jogging across the park, <laughs> and they're listening all over this park. It's, it's just wild. Wow. And at the end, Todd, it's so funny. He goes, now, you've just heard the message, but to be the church, the life continues, and we want to be the church in our city. So you have all been assigned pre-designed locations. Some of you are heading in small groups to coffee shops. Some of you are staying here in picnic tables. Some of you are going to your homes. Some of you are going to restaurants. And he goes, now it's time for us to be the church. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to grow on God's word. 
and we want you to share the gospel with those around you. Wow. And so these are new forms of church that are birthing out of this kind of pressure we see today. <laughs> and if you walk through the park that morning, you would just think, man, there's a lot of people here who really are <laughs> serious about their fitness, aren't there? Exactly. Look, look at those people all working out together. What a great idea, though. Oh, amazing. To be God's under kingdom. the radar and also to be out, like like you said, representing Jesus in the city and, yeah. and being there. It's interesting to see how the church adapts. Yeah. And like you say, for our Chinese brothers and sisters, they they know about underground services. They know how to meet in the forest or in the park or wherever. I do want to focus in on that prayer request that you mentioned for the young people. Because we had another person on VOM Radio who Mm. said the very same thing. He said, the old people have been through this before. They're not that worried about it. Right. Pray for those who are going through persecution for the first time. Yes. And so I, I think just hearing you echo that, I hope that's a reminder to our listeners. Pray especially for younger believers in China who this is their first time. And yeah, please do pray. You know, we're we're seeing this like on steroids everywhere in the world, not just China. Uh, one story I have I think you'll enjoy where a younger generation, A3 is trying to equip the next generation for the ecclesia of tomorrow. So I don't think the ecclesia of tomorrow is going to look like the church that you and I were in when you were in high school, Todd. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Won't be that church on the corner. So what this guy does, and he's now one of our faculty members. He's a 30-year-old doing this. He has a pop-up coffee shop. And he wow. he actually literally, like, it's a little roller cart. He rolls to a section of the city, and he sets up a latte machine and an espresso machine. And he's serving coffees on the side of the corner of this street. And while he's doing that, he's leading people to Christ. He's raising up deacons and elders. Uh And then three weeks later, he leaves them just like the Apostle Paul. And yet he goes to another corner of the city to plant another ecclesia. And he stays in touch with the elders of that original one. Wow. This is the church of tomorrow that A3 is trying to equip, whether it's China or these other countries, it is blossoming around the world. Amazing. Uh, it's amazing <laughs> to think about starting a church in three weeks and then moving on and being like, nope, you you guys have everything you need. You have the Bible. Yep. You have the Holy Spirit. Yep. You do it. Think you Apostle Paul writing wow. letters back and forth, you know? <laughs> Joe, I know one of the things that happens in these places mm. is persecution. We yes. talked about getting people ready for persecution. Mm. VOM exists to serve persecuted Christians. Right. Uh, and I know... We got to, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, we got to serve one of your friends in, yeah. in the last little while. Yeah. Talk about that story. Yeah. So many of you know that uh, Myanmar has been in crisis for years, and we had a very difficult situation happen there where one of our partners, one of our alumni, uh, ended up with their their son, ended up in prison uh, and was accused of being an insurrectionist and all this, but in reality, he was just out serving uh, amongst the people. They they threw him in with a lot of the people that were out demonstrating, and he was just there trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus, handing out water, handing out food, making sure people were okay. He ended up in prison for about nine months. Wow. And Just for handing out just water. Just for food. handing out oh. water and doing it in the name of Jesus. Jesus loves you, handing out a, some water. Jesus loves you, giving some rice. And he was thrown in. He was tortured for his faith. Mm. 
to the degrees that are just unfathomable. I feel so sorry for him today. Um, but VOM was very instrumental in helping us get that kid out of prison. So praise God for you guys. And we were able to get him counseling. So he was in therapy and he continues in that to today. One of the things they did to him, they actually took his hands and put them on a board and nail, drove nails through his hands oh. saying, if your Jesus is so powerful, will he save you now? That kind of pressure was put on him. And um, it just the immense torture that he went through is uh, horrendous. And I just want to thank God for VOM because you guys came alongside in their situation. And now, thank God, we got them out of the country. We don't always take people out of a country. Right. And, and we rarely um, do that as well. You know, we try to leave people in as much as possible. And this is just one of those rare incidences where we had to get them out. And you guys were instrumental in that. And today they're safe. But uh, you know what? The heartbeat of them, they want to go back. Wow. They can't wait to get back and, you know, continue to share the gospel with uh, their fellow citizens. So pray for them. How that. How is that young man? He's in a stable place, but he still has nightmares. I'm sure. He still faces the kind of, what do you call that, um, repercussion, um, uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. He has that kind of stuff. So please keep him in your prayers. Yeah. He really needs it. Um, but I just want to say thank God for VOM. You guys came alongside at the right hour, at the right time, and assisted us in rescuing that family. Again, I'm I'm thankful that we get to do that. Mm. Uh, we get to do that because there are people who are listening right now who donate. There are mm. people who pray for us. Um, there are people who pray for people in Myanmar yes. uh, that they've never met. And uh, we love to equip them. We love to help them to pray. We don't talk about Japan. Japan's not on our VOM prayer map. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I know you live there. Yes. And you have a lot of access. What is it like to be a Christian in Japan? And especially, I think, of someone who comes to faith. Mm. I'm sure it's not a popular decision in that culture, in that society. Yeah. What does that look like, and and how is the church in Japan? Mm. Yeah, great question, Todd, and, and perfect person to ask. A3 has been <laughs> in Japan for 56 years. Wow. That's where we were founded. Okay. We were started there as an English teaching ministry, and now we've Grown is to that where 1967? 1967. Same year of VOM was yeah. founded. Wow. wow. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, we've, we've been active in Japan. And for our first 30-some years, that's the only thing we did was just Japan. So we know it pretty, yeah, pretty well. definitely. And they just had a Congress this last year, the, the sixth Japan Evangelism Congress, kind of the Billy Graham-era-focused evangelism-type gatherings. And it was it was game changing. I mean, we're in a new era of Japan, so that's what the exciting piece. You asked the question, what it's like to be a believer. They don't face outright pressure or outright persecution, but I don't know if you've heard this phrase. It, it's used in China and in Japan. The nail that sticks up, you hammer down, meaning everything else should be equal. Right. No, no changes. And so uh, stability, for, they, for, they would say yeah. stability is the key. Yes. That means that if you become a Christian, you are ostracized from your family. 
So you are you stand out from the crowd. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to conform and be a, a good boy or a good girl and keep the family in harmony. You know, everything in Japan is about keeping harmony. And so if you stand out like that and do something that's against your Buddhist heritage or your Shinto heritage or against the family tradition, you can be ostracized. You're the nail that's sticking up. Exactly, exactly. And so there's a ton of pressure to conform. A lot of Japanese people come to Christ when they go to college outside of Japan or they're on a business trip and they Uh come to Christ, but when they return – it's very hard for them to integrate back into life of the church because of those pressures. So that's what it's like in Japan. And because of that kind of conformity pressure, which is not like persecution, you're not being you know, tortured for your faith, that type of thing. But the pressure of that, the social pressure is enormous. And for that reason, we have very few believers in Japan. The percentage of Christianity in Japan is roughly about 1%, and it's not changed much in decades. Wow. Now, that said, uh, this Japan Evangelism Congress that we just hosted, the the chairman of our board in Japan, the director of our ministry in Japan, both Japanese, led the Congress. And the Congress was a game changer because the average age of the person on stage was under 50. Normally, they're (laughs) 70 plus. Okay, (laughs) so we're in a different era Uh for the Japanese church that has a vision for the next generation. And they are very hopeful to the point where they've set an audacious goal. They want to double the Christian population over the next several years. Wow. And so they're shooting to reach 2% of society with aggressive, creative means of doing that. And it is fun to be alongside of them. Oh, yeah. It is truly a new era in Japan, and we are desperate for your prayers because even though they're not facing outright persecution, the social pressure they face is enormous. Yeah. And so just pray for the believers in Japan that they can break through that barrier and become a vibrant witnessing community to their neighbors and coworkers. And, you know, we saw a little bit of a breakthrough with the tsunami because the church got to be a part of the forefront of the relief efforts in Japan. In fact, I heard of uh, people who uh, funded both relief societies that are secular and stuff like A3 and the work we did. And on their second round of uh, providing help, they went with A3 and not the secular companies, even though these are big corporate firms, because of the results. They saw the church being the hands and feet of Jesus, and that was a game changer because people no longer associated Jesus as a foreign religion. They saw, oh, these are my these brothers are and sisters. That are these are my us. neighbors. Yeah. And so now we're kind of in that new era where there's hope. And so we're praying for an ushering in of the movement of God that the church can double over these next decade or so. It's interesting being the hands and feet of Jesus after a natural disaster. Yes. We saw the same thing in Turkey with the earthquake yes. last right. February. Yep. There's Turkish Christians helping, delivering aid, helping rebuild, helping house, 
And it's like, wait a minute, you're Turkish and you're a Christian? And I can see Japanese people, wait a minute, you're Japanese and yes. you're a Christian? What, how did that happen? Like what? gives here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I hope that's a reminder to those who are listening. Sometimes crisis mm. is your chance. It's yes. your opportunity to step forward and say, hey, Jesus loves you. I want to help you. I want to step into this situation. So I'd encourage you, and thank you, Joe, for helping us to pray mm. for the church in Japan, to pray for what God is doing there. Mm. As we wrap up, we want to equip people to pray more, and mm. I want to ask you about A3, but but what, yeah. for you, yeah. as the leader, mm. I know you spend a lot of time on airplanes. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge mm. in your work? So my biggest challenge these days is we are facing unprecedented opportunity. <laughs> uh, it's just unbelievable. It's a great problem to have. <laughs> it is a great problem to have. And so we are trying to scale the ministry. So in, in I've been with A3 now 15 and a half years, and in our best year, we opened three new countries. All right? That's our best year mm-hmm. in the last 15 and a half. Right now, Todd, you're not going to believe it. I have 20 countries asking us to come. Wow. 20, (laughs) many of them facing persecution. Uh So they're right in the wheelhouse of our friends that are praying for us today. Our challenge is how in the world do we scale this baby? (laughs) Yeah, so we're praying, Lord, please provide. We need need to meet the right people in those countries. We need to uh, recruit teams that will serve those countries. And we need, the, of course, the funding to enable all that to happen. And so I'd say... I'd boil our biggest challenge or my biggest challenge down to that yep. today. That That is a big challenge. So that helps us to know how to pray for you and yep. for the leadership at A3. Yeah. Are there other specific countries or specific situations where our listeners yep. can really pray this week about what God is doing? So as you know, we've, we've been in Asia all these years, and uh, we are just now advancing into the western half of Asia. That means predominantly the Muslim world. And so, really, you could pray as we go into Central Asia. Many of those countries are opening in the near future for us. You could pray as we head into the Arabic Peninsula and the Palestinian era. In fact, I just got word from our our new partner, we hope, uh, who uh, actually was a church planter in Gaza Strip. They had made a trip to Egypt, and their family got stuck in Gaza. Oh, wow. And so they were, they were desperately asking us to pray that either the planter could get back with his family or that the family could get out. Those are the kinds of situations we're facing. And so I'd say if you pray for specific places, pray for our advance as we grow across the continent of Asia from east to west and now into the African continent. Um, it's a new day for A3 and we are hungry for your prayers because the growth rate, I don't know how we're going to keep up with it. <laughs> You're going to need some help from the Lord. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, wonderful opportunity, wonderful mm. blessing. Yeah. But on a day-to-day basis for you, it's a challenge. It's, yes. a, it's a big challenge. Joe, it is great to reconnect and to hear about what God is doing And just for us to have a front row seat to see it is is pretty amazing privilege. Amen, brother. Thank you, Todd. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, 
please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.